This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. So another black teenager was suspended and told he could not return to class until he cut his locks in Texas. This is the Barbers Hill High School in Mont Bellevue in Southeast Texas. I think that's near Houston. Crazy, right? In America in 2020, we have a dress code that targets hair. This uh, latest kid, Caden Bradford, 16 years old, he was a sophomore. Uh, he had been at, on a home suspension for a week because they changed arbitrarily the dress code. Now, Caden actually is the cousin of DeAndre Arnold, who's a senior at the school, who wears his hair in locks as well. They're Trinidadian. They said it's part of their culture. Um, and DeAndre was told he could not walk. He could not go to his graduation until he cut his hair. So I was thinking about this because on my radio show on Sirius XM, Urban View, Channel 126, uh, Larie Favors and I, Afro State of Mind, we constantly get into these conversations. And one of the first times she was on the show, she she talked about, you know, growing up a little bit in Germany. Her her father was in the military. And she, we, used, we talked about, I brought her on as a legal expert, but clearly, you know, we were going to talk about a whole lot more. And she started talking about how, um, you know, if you, if you look at Germany, first of all, uh, where the Holocaust was, she said, the way we black people are in this education system is akin to Jews sending their children to Nazi schools, even reformed Nazis, you know? And, you know, it, this, it sounds ludicrous and it sounds really harsh, but if you think about it, and it's ironic that I am rereading The Miseducation of the Negro, and that is a book that we're gonna be reading as a family in February as part of a book club selection, but Carter G. Woodson points out the very thing that I'm talking about right now. He says, you know, this, this, the well-meaning philanthropy that created the, the Negro schools, the freedmen schools for the newly uh, emancipated enslaved people wasn't done in consideration of those people's actual foundings and origination in Africa itself. Nowhere in the curriculum was there anything taught about the birthplace of civilization. Nowhere in the curriculum in those schools being taught right now to those Africans newly freed was there any understanding of self. You know, when they talk about science and, and math and all these other things, they start with a European, through a European lens. And Carter G. Woodson, who was educated in those same schools, inherently knew there was something wrong with that. He writes, the aim was to transform the Negroes, not to develop them. The freedmen who were to be enlightened were given little thought for, for the best friends of the race, ill-taught themselves, followed the traditional curricula of the time, which did not take the Negro into consideration except to condemn or pity him. I'm going to keep talking about this. Carter G. Woodson writes, in geography, the races were described in conformity with the program of the usual propaganda to engender in whites a race of hate of the Negroes and in the Negroes a contempt for themselves. He said a poet of distinction was selected to illustrate the physical features of the white race, a bedecked chief of a group, those of the red, a proud warrior, the brown, a prince, the yellow, and then a savage with a ring in his nose for the Negro at the foot 
of the social ladder. And this was in books. <laughs> so we didn't have a chance, y'all. We sent our children to, our, to Nazi schools as, as Jews oppressed. It's akin to that. It sounds harsh coming out of my mouth and I even cringe saying it, but every day we send our kids into spaces, into systems that were literally created and built to destroy them. I don't know how we reconcile with that as a nation. And again, whoever's listening to this, no matter what your background, that should be unsettling for you. That the schools that were designed to, and, and he goes on, Carter G. Wilson, this is a, he was a bad mother freaking, let me just say that. It's almost as if God put him here, God put him on this earth to go through, he got a PhD from Harvard, y'all, okay, in the 18, early 1900s, second behind W.E.B. Du Bois, right? In the early 1900s, he got a PhD from Harvard, a man whose parents were in bondage, and then flipped the whole system and said, this is trash. <laughs> I'm not mad at him. But what he came to the conclusion was like, you know, we learn about the Greeks and we learn about the Romans and we learn about, you know, the Teutons, the, Gre the, 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 the Germans and all of the contributions of everyone from Asia to India, but we never learn about Africa. Why? Deborah's home was stolen. No, I don't mean thieves stole stuff. I mean scammers literally stole her home. The FBI calls title theft one of the fastest-growing white-collar crimes. And this story is why you need home title lock. Deborah says criminals found the title to our home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned our home. Wait, it gets worse. Deborah goes on to say, I was evicted from my own home and 85 grand in equity, gone. Nobody believes you can get your home stolen this easily. This is why you need home title lock, because no insurance or bank protects your home from title theft. First things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if your home's title has been tampered with. You need to protect the legal title to your home so you don't end up like Deborah. Go to HomeTitleLock.com now for 60 risk-free days of protection. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. And as we, as we contemplate that, you know, as we contemplate that as a, as a global nation, we have to make it right because it is, it's not just like, oh, isn't this horrible? But he points out with all of this schooling, this is Carter G. Woodson in, in The Miseducation of the Negro, which we're going to read together. I'm just giving y'all breadcrumbs so you come to the table ready. Like I need, I need to have an honest, deep conversation about where we go from here. I'm tired of the circular conversations about, oh, well, you know, this is what happened. And then we sit around and pontificate about the things and how awful did it? No, what, what are we building? What's the next school looking like? What is our school going to look like? Sankofa's great, but what are the, and this is what Carter said, Carter, excuse me, Dr. Woodson. He said, out of these schools came no critical thinkers. <laughs> he said, with all of that knowledge, all of the science, the math, and the literature, no critical, nobody was produced from that education system that changed the trajectory of black America. And that speaks volumes. 
and we could talk about it today. You know, I was um, reading about this piece. You know, they just came back from Davos, or I don't know, they were in Davos. The, when I say they, uh, the, the framers of the world, <laughs> the billionaires that sat around, and, and I was asking the question, were there any black people there? Well, yeah, Robert Smith III was there. <laughs> Robert Smith III was there, and he talked about debt at Davos, um, where all of the rich people came to, together to, to determine the future of the world. And I thought it was interesting uh, that he talks about debt, but I also think that it's interesting that Robert Smith III is an engineer, which by trade is a thinker, a problem solver, somebody that thinks critically about things and how they fit together and how to make things work. And if we are sending our children, listen, I don't care what they, yeah, I want to play the guitar, I want to be a rapper, I want to be a bad, all of that's nice. Your ass is going to school to be an engineer. Chemical, electrical, I don't give a damn. Kids need to be doing something that makes their mind think. And if you're not forcing them into that, you're forcing them into coding, where they also are forced to learn how to think. We need thinkers in our community, people who are going to work towards solutions. That's what we need. Carter G. Woodson understood that. And this book, again, 1930s we're talking about. Damn near 100 years later, 80 plus, almost 90, oh, excuse me, 90 years later. 90 years later, I haven't seen a mind like his, and um, I'm pretty like sure that every damn story I read about a kid being suspended because of his hair, and I keep asking the question, why are we sending our kids to schools like this? When the reality is I covered education for um, four years at the New York Daily News on the editorial page. I know for a fact that dollars are attached to children. I know for a fact that Dollars attached to black children, usually way more money. The black body's more valuable in school. You want to know why? Because they classify us more disproportionately. And a classified child gets three times more money. Come on, y'all. Let's do math for a second. Okay? So while we may not be seeing the resources poured into our, into our community, those black bodies in those public schools mean dollars. So how are we utilizing that power? Sending our kids and complaining about, oh, I can't believe DeAndre can't graduate. Really? I wish you would stop me from graduating, and I know how much money I put into a system. Shoo. The principal's name is Rick Connor. I sent him an email, invited him on the show. I wanted him to explain. It was a nice email. I don't have to call him out of his name because he's only doing what the system is designed to do, which is to denigrate black people. I'm not saying I'm giving him a pass. But I think we need to be sober, those of us who are critical thinkers, about what it is we're up against. But more importantly, more empowered to know, we don't have to sit here and take that. What's the plan? Where's the school? What are you building? What's next? Because this is not tenable. This cannot sustain itself. And it can't sustain us. And we are constantly putting our children in harm's way as a result. I'm looking at the hair right now of Kate and Bradford, who was uh, sent home and suspended. Now imagine, you, you're, you're doing well in school. I'm, I've taught for most of my life. I never worried about teaching a kid's hair. <laughs> I didn't care what a kid had on. I didn't care what was on their head. I think you're a horrible teacher if this is a distraction. And this kid's hair is beautiful, by the way. It is well, is well coiffed. He has it edged up nicely. It is neat. It is clean. It, it has sections. Y'all are on some bull crap. But no, we're on some bull crap because we keep 
doing the same thing, expecting a different result. The system is never going to change because it was never designed with us in mind. The only thing that needs to change is us. All right? So with that, let me know what you think. Follow me on the Twitters. You can follow me at Karen Hunter. Of course, subscribe to my YouTube channel where we're going to be doing some things because I'm not just about talking on these microphones. (laughs) Uh, And share the podcast. Share it with as many people as you can. All right? I appreciate your support. Love you. Till next time.